right. Fucking live. All right, what up, man? What's good? How we doing? Good. All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Millennial Meltdown Podcast. Here with Jules Alexander. The one and only, I hope. There's too many of me already. Are just there? Kidding. No, I'm good. We're I'm, just sitting I'm happy here happy talking here. and uh, realize we should start recording before we talk too much. So we're good to go. We're right. doing it live. Just ignore Fuck all. it. Do it live. Just ignore all that. Yeah, we're good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I've never actually been out this way where you live. It's kind of on the other side of creation, but... Uh, but you're from has Phoenix, a different right? No, originally from... No, you're not. No. Uh, I've moved around a lot like okay. as a kid, but <clears throat> where I claim home is uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's Minnesota. where I went to high school. I spent eight years of my life there, the longest place I've ever lived. This place right behind it, seven years. I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, it's it's underwhelming. Most people for uh, my voice drilled off there. Uh, most people kind of overlook Minnesota, but to be honest, it's a it's a dope place, man. It has its own its own vibe, its own charm, but life moves a little slower. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah life definitely moves <clears throat> slower and like. Uh, Colder places. Colder places, frankly. yeah. <laughs> like Flagstaff up north, it's definitely a slower moving place. Like being well, down here it's way different. Well yeah, I mean and it doesn't it doesn't help that everybody up there is fucking stoned as fuck all the time. Uh oh it helps. It helps. I mean, I'm sure with the <laughs> elevation and just it just it just helps. I love I love smoking, but uh I don't know. I feel like the pace if if you're if you're not ready for that when you smoke to move at a slower pace, then you're probably not one smoking the right strain or two smoking at the right time. <laughs> there you go. Are your headphones good? Uh, I mean, I I would think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done a podcast, and I always obsess over the audio. But yeah, thanks for coming and doing a podcast, man. Yeah, dude, this is a uh, this is an experience. This is my first ever one. Um took a little bit of a break from uh my last two shows i last no this would have been like two weeks ago now um i did a new faces on november 6th at the uh, tempe improv and that was the craziest experience it was a lot of fun extremely fucking stressful leading up to the actual show because of making sure that i had at least 10 people to go because i didn't want to get turned away and you know just fall short because i've heard that they can be kind of tough on that did anyone get turned away no nobody got turned away um they try to like use like these these different mind games like right away the 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 guy that was like running the whole thing he's like all right here's the deal fuckers and i was like all right excuse me and uh he's like you guys need to keep your sets tight and short you guys got five minutes. We're going to start to flash you at four minutes, 30 seconds. That means finish up, wrap it up. We're going to try to play five of you motherfuckers off today. We're going to try to break an old record. And he was like making a joke out of it. And everybody was like looking at each other like, is this motherfucker for real? Everyone's like there for the first time. Like We're all like comics. And we know like, you know, when somebody's joking. But that just seemed like he was being a dick because he could. Because yeah. we were there for grateful for the opportunity i didn't i didn't care for it but that's weird man <laughs> that's fucking weird i've never done one of those new faces show but uh it's a I good really show like i mean to. if you can get people together to do it it's it's totally worth it i've definitely in my head been like who are 10 people 
I could fucking invite that would actually show up to a show. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, like, a struggle, man. Ten people to bring to a show that, like, they have to spend money and shit, too. It's like, oh, by the way, you have to buy drinks also. Yeah, I mean. It's not like you can just show up for five minutes and leave. It's like, you need to be there for the whole thing, and you're going to sit at a table and have a waitress, and, like, it's a whole. It's it's a a show. It's a show. I mean, it was great. Like, apparently, um, allegedly, uh, Frank Caliendo was in the crowd that night just, like, passing by, just seeing what was going on. And he said that he was, like, really impressed with, like, the comics, and it sounded pretty pretty cool. I didn't know if I believed it, but whether he was or wasn't there, like, I feel like a lot of the the, the newer comics were pretty strong. Um, you know, I, I had a great time. I, I was really uh, happy with how it turned out. It was better than I could have ever expected it to go, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, for everybody. For everybody. It was a great show. Tristan Rowling, uh, Bowling, excuse me, is so fucking amazing, did dude. Did he host it? Hell yeah, he did. He was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's like... We were playing Mario Kart right before in the green room, and he was like, he had never played Mario Kart World Tour, and I was just blowing his mind. I just handed him my phone, and he was just like on that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have the new Mario Kart for my Switch. Uh, Mario 8. How is it? I, 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 I know so little about the Nintendo Switch, mostly because, I guess, uh, I'm an Xbox guy, or I was a, I was a Sony, or... um. Yeah, Sony guy, PlayStation guy my whole life, but never really got into Nintendo products. Yeah, I have a fucking... I have the Switch. Yeah, I'm an Xbox gamer, too. Are you? Halo's always been my shit. Halo was always the shit because I always had a friend that had an Xbox, but I only had a PS2 for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Everyone's always like, it's like, it's like you had what you had, right? It's you like, had what you had. It's like uh, we were talking about that Sonic American movie. or Japanese, <laughs> right? It's like we were talking about that Sonic movie that's coming out, and uh, I'm like, I don't give a shit about that movie. Like, I never played Sonic. I didn't have a Sega as a kid. Like, Sonic was you one didn't of those have a Sega? games. No, that was my first console. I was uh, I was like three. See, that was like one of those ones that I just played at friends' houses and was like, yeah, it's Sonic or whatever. But like, I had like a you know a PlayStation, PlayStation Two, Xbox, Nintendo sixty four, like the Nintendo shit, Nintendo regular Nintendo SNES. Yeah, yeah, Super Nintendo. Yeah, but, but I never had a Sega. There was like the two different families growing up. It was like Sega families and Nintendo families. Yeah. It- <laughs> It was weird because, I mean, the only Nintendo product I really had that was, like, a, a real staple throughout my whole life would probably have been the uh, uh, the Game Boy Color. I had one of them uh, clear purple joints from back in the day. Yeah, dude. You know, yellow version and shit. Pokemon Yellow. Really, yeah. It's just uh, really, really nostalgic memories. I remember playing Mario, just being connected with a completely different generation, not yeah. knowing any better, but, like, loving it. Yeah. And uh, just realizing later on just, like, how big of a deal. Like, my parents were, like, almost enthusiastic. They're like, he's playing Mario. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. Like, they could relate to it, too, I guess. Right? Yeah. Atari and whatever else. Fucking, um, we were talking earlier. You were, you, like, graduated high school, like, class of 2012. Yeah. I uh, would have been 2010, but I didn't graduate. You didn't graduate. Uh, no, I dropped out and got a GED. I mean, it then, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, then one I just or the other. Went to well, college. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a path less traveled by, but the path that leads to the same place. Um, but did you have? Do you have any siblings? I'm the oldest of four. Oh shit! Okay, so you're the older sibling. Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yeah, I have uh, two younger sisters that are 21. They're twins. They're uh, 
the fraternal twins they're very similar in like personality but also complete opposites at the same time so it's interesting with them i love them to death and then i got a younger brother who was born in 2002 so he's 17 now um and he is a junior at hamilton he transferred for track hamilton yeah he's not thrilled about it it's just i don't know what that is hamilton high school school? oh i'm sorry no you're good hamilton high school is the uh largest high school in arizona and as far as overall enrollment oh no shit yeah it's in chandler that's where t sizzle went to school i don't know who terrell suggs (laughs) oh dude fucking i have no idea dude (laughs) arizona high schools and shit i have no idea i'm from such a small town and like i've never I, I never spent any time in Phoenix until I moved here. Like, yeah. I, uh, yeah, like, not at all. Came down. My experience with Phoenix would be drive here for an event and drive home. You know, like, yeah. drive down for a Cardinals game and drive home afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I don't know any shit about fucking the Arizona high schools or anything. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just a football fan and, like, a sports fan. Uh, hang on, my buddy is. Oh, you're good. Calling me. Uh, and that pizza should be here real soon. Check out this window. <laughs> Make sure he's bringing our shit. This is not the first time I've ordered po- pizza during a podcast either. Oh, <laughs> you, you do that shit all the time? Is that a staple? No, not all the time, but just done it before. Yeah, I've done a number of these podcasts and been like super stoned or drunk. Yeah. And then towards the end, just been like, man, I'm so fucking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like podcasts that... I don't know. I, as long as you're not eating into the microphone, I think that if you can like get your excitement of what you're about to eat across, it can sound like the most interesting radio ever. Like on Joe Rogan or... Uh, no, not Joe Rogan. Some other podcast I was listening to. Somebody ordered... Oh, Jim Jeffries show. They were ordering, like, wings or whatever. And they was, like, from the best wings you could get in L.A. And they were just talking about it. Did you get this sauce? Is yours lemon pepper? No, it's mine. I got mine mine, mine wet. And it's like, oh, dude. I really wish I was there eating those fucking wings. Yeah. <laughs> fucking A, dude. Uh, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Do I listen to a lot of podcasts? Uh, yeah. I have my favorites kind of all over the place. Uh, personal development podcasts are kind of important. I'm honestly a loser for like Tony Robbins. I've, I like Tony Robbins podcasts, and uh, I even listen to like EDM producer podcasts back to back with Willie Joy is a good one uh, if you like music, but also like getting a peek into what like actually happens behind the scenes. It's it's a great podcast, one on one DJ interviews and stuff, but <clears throat> mostly. Murder podcast, comedy podcasts. Murder podcasts, <laughs> comedy podcasts. You know, a whole range. Yeah, the Shakespearean, you know, range there. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't fucking, uh, I can't say I listen to any self-help. I've never listened to Tony Robbins before. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like Tony Robbins. Like, I like Tony Robbins probably because I grew up watching lots of WWE professional wrestling. And I know he's not like a wrestler, but he fucking... You know, he, like, sounds like one. Yeah. So, I like that. I like when somebody yells at you and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you don't be a pussy. Like, you have the power within you. Just kind of, like, objectively cutting through it and kind of, like, walking the walk, I guess, in a sense himself. He's a very successful, rich guy with, like, 
dozens of businesses. So, I mean, he's not a fool. So He's, like, crazy successful. Crazy successful. Like, crazy successful. He's crazy, like, also in, the, in, the, in like, his faith, I guess. He's, like, so centered every day he takes like a plunge in like this frigid cold water and it's like a in his backyard. real popular thing yeah he says that he does it every day to be purposely be uncomfortable because if he can overcome that and do that by choice nothing else that's gonna get thrown at him is gonna so compared to yeah it's like this this weird he, he has to like get inside his own head and like Jedi mind trick himself almost. Yeah, John Jay. How he is? <laughs> John, do you ever listen to John Jay and Rich down here? John Jay and Rich names that I've the, heard. The radio, radio show down here. Radio I haven't heard. That That's much. a John Jay started doing that cold punch shit. He had one like installed at his house. That's what they call it. A cold, of, the cold punch. Because of Tony Robbins and fucking Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I he mean, does that shit every day too. You know who would, who I would not be surprised in the slightest if they had one. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith probably does crazy stuff, dude. Well, but he didn't seem like he's super into like health, though. Will Smith doesn't seem like he's like. Uh, Will Smith is living his life like super get- regimented, like uh, yeah, like The Rock seems like he's like uh, I fucking have one cheat meal a week. I fucking work out at these times every day, type of guy. Will Smith's probably like, yeah, I don't care. Well, I think the I think like okay, so here's the thing with both of them. Oh. They're very different in like <coughs> their personas, but like I think that they're both guys that are just obsessed with getting to the next level of their life, whatever that is, and whatever happiness that looks like to them. The Rock can just like not get any more fit than he is, but he keeps proving everybody wrong. Yeah, and he takes all the steroids. I don't think he does. He has to. I don't think he does because he's, he has to. He's Samoan. Like, he's like literally, that's his, his makeup. He's Samoan. His dad was like a heavyweight boxer. So, like, I mean, um, he played on the 1991 Miami Hurricanes I mean, that won the national something. championship. He's got to be on testosterone, something. You think so? Yeah, just the same shit. At least Joe Rogan's on TRT, testosterone replacing therapy. I mean, because yeah, he's like 50 and he's still just Jack City. Are we talking about anabolic steroids? Are we talking about like hormone boosters? Uh, it's probably on all of them. Probably on both. That's got to be the saw. Hello? All right. I will be right there. Thank you very much. Uh-oh. Saved by the pizza. Uh, keep talking into the mic. I will be back. All right. So guys, yeah, he's see he's walking me through through this whole thing because uh, this is like I said, this is my first podcast. So I'm uh, Jules Alexander. I've been doing comedy for not very long now, only like about four months or so. But been writing jokes for about eighteen months. Uh, kind of just finally got the balls to get the fuck up there, more or less. Um, I'm glad that the day came because I just. I don't know, like, it's it's not fucking comedy unless you get feedback. It's like if you tell a joke in the middle of the woods and nobody's there to laugh at it, like, did it fucking happen except to you? I don't know, like, there's no response. Trees can't laugh, but uh, if they could, they wouldn't at my shit. Um, Anyway, but regardless, I'm ready to smack on this pizza. I hope you didn't get Pizza Hut. I fucking hate Pizza Hut. I have a bit on it. They're just, uh, they're not truthful. They're not truthful. 
Um, I feel like everybody out pizzas the hut, you know, consistently. It doesn't take much effort. Could probably list about 10 fucking places right now if I wanted to. Um, you know what? In fact, I will. Hungry Howie's, Barrows, Domino's, even Lunchables when I'm really fucking baked. Like, I'll, I'll put that in there. Maybe not in that order, but it's in there. Uh, what else? Venezia's out here. Oregano's. Papa John's. Um, California Pizza Kitchen. Um, Little Caesars, for sure. For sure. Grab and go. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, or whatever they call it. Hot and ready. or I don't know. Some shit. And the tenth one would probably be... Mm, oh, yeah. Dude. Peter Piper Pizza. Easily. Easily. Yeah, I'll put them all above Pizza Hut for sure. Jeremy's got a bunch of cool shit up in his room. Bunch of Marvel stuff. Not really a Marvel guy. Like, I understand the... Like, I get it. You know, Stan Lee's a genius. His universe is so cool, and I love it for that. But as far as like the who's superhero to which city and who what order this fucking this guy met that guy and what books they're from like I I, I I could give a fuck about it personally. It's just not for me. Oh, just like you know, I I appreciate Marvel for like the awesome universe that Stanley created, just like Tarantino universe or any phenomenal universe in any set of movies, The Matrix, whatever you want to say, but. As far as paying attention to what, or, what order to watch them and whose heroes and like timelines intersect with the others and who's from what comic book, I could give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> are we talking about comic books though, or are we talking about the movies? We are talking about both. All of it in general. All of it, because I like comics from a nostalgic point of view, but not in the in the passionate point of view that others may. Maybe that's it. I'm that's not a fair. true, yeah. Like like sneakerheads, like I get it, but like it's like really, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I've definitely never been into sneakers before. My sister's boyfriend literally wins shoe auctions all the time. Like he won like this rare pair of Cactus Jack, Travis Scott, Jordans, and they were like pretty fucking crispy. They were like twelve hundred, eighteen hundred dollars or something. That's insane. <coughs> For free ninety nine. Why? Because he's competitive. He likes to I mean, win shoes, flip them, collect that's fair. them. I was just watching. Uh, he's a sneakerhead. That first, the first episode. Uh, did you get Disney Plus? I did, and and it's, and we're gonna have a conversation about that in a moment. But <laughs> um, yes, go ahead. Fucking the first episode of that Jeff Goldblum show on Disney Plus. Did you see that? It's about sneakers. He goes Dude. to like the sneakers. Uh, Sneaker con or whatever in the Cleveland, fuck it is. In Cleveland, Ohio. And he's yeah. like, what the fuck is this about? And then that guy Fat stacks of cash. Send, spends like 34 grand stacks. on just a whole table of shoes. Yep. I was like, oh, what? Yep. Nobody's window shopping there. And like, it's not even like he looked at him or anything. It's like he just walked up like, yeah, I'll take all these. Yeah. It's like, the only window shopping they're doing is everything in the fucking window plus the window. They got that much cash. It's like, Wow. I People just don't probably, get it. I don't get what's going on with the shoes. Uh, you talk want to talk about a freak? The chances of getting robbed going up exponentially. Like put all the food in front of you so you're not on camera. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got no shame. It's better now. It's better now. It's a solid podcast. It's. We needed pizza and wings. 
Pizza and wings. I listed like 10 places just a second ago that were better than Pizza Hut. I was like, I hope this, this dude didn't get Pizza Hut because, uh, yeah, I have a whole bit about why I don't like them. That's so funny. What if you said that and then I walked in uh, just super jazzed and was like, dude, I got Pizza Hut. Like, Bro, I, like, I, I, I don't know. At, at that point, I might just like flip the table or something. No. I, <laughs> have you ever had Barrows before? Bar- does a bear shit in the woods unless it's a polar bear this hey, is the best pizza you can probably get consistently out some here. people yeah some people haven't had it but yeah. yeah i agree it's like the it's everywhere it's like in tempe phoenix mesa like there's borrows everywhere and i feel like everyone it's just one of those standard places you order it and like you won't be disappointed mm-hmm. and their wings are bomb i didn't grab forks and then i got some pasta too but Whatever. I've never had their pasta pasta before. It's good, man. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's good. We were talking about comedy though. (laughs) That's like the main thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Um because that's what this is about. We are comedians. (laughs) We met Doing comedy. I haven't done a podcast since I started doing comedy. Really? So you mean this yeah. is the first back on the <clears throat> back on the comedy? Yeah, this is the theme. first podcast I've done since I became like an actual stand up comedian. I appreciate that. Um for like you inviting me on here and also for grabbing these beers without me asking you to. Oh yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> wait, I can't bring food up there without drinks. Yeah. Normally sorry. I have a you see behind you, I have a mini fridge, but it's not plugged in. That Dr. Pepper thing? Because I unplug it for summer and shit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> normally I would just have like a fridge full of drinks up here. Um, but comedy, yeah, I started doing comedy like four months ago. I probably met you, I met you at like my probably only like fourth or fifth open mic. Really? Ever? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Because yeah, because I was like a month into doing mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was we probably literally, like my fifth mic. That's crazy because we would have started about like two months apart from each other. Be- Ooh, shit. Oh, you're good. I ruined it. Just kidding. We started about two months apart, and um, I was not even really like that comfortable hitting mics yet. I mean, every mic felt like a show. I was trying to get over my bullshit and just confidently deliver this the material that i had the way that i had written it but i'm almost fine that if you can get the funny across and like flow and be in the moment and just keep it short and tight so at least to start until you can get consistent feedback that's seemed to help me because when i try to memorize my shit exactly how i wrote it word for word i feel like i'm forcing it and like sticking to a script and that doesn't feel that natural to me i agree um Hmm. I mean, it's all it's all memorized. Like I write my shit. Like make no mistake about it. But the skill of memorizing a bit, word for word, the distance between each word, and successfully executing it is like incredibly hard. And that's like something that needs refining and takes lots of time and lots of practice. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understand that because nobody really cares about comedy unless it's like really fucking funny you know or it's out there yeah i don't uh 
I definitely don't disagree. I, uh, the first like few mics I did, I just tried to say everything word for word, exactly how I wanted to say it and how I wrote it. Yeah. I didn't grab forks for the wings. It's all good. Let me go grab one. Um, do you have ranch by chance? Yep. Well, there's not any in there. Oh, shizer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Jack I always up. dip my fucking pizza and ranch. Is there only one in there, or is there two? There's two. Oh, fuck the eggs. Look it up. Yeah, man. Um, Boneless barbecue, huh? Yep. Boneless sure. BBQ. BBQ. Um, the first fucking couple of mics I did, Um, I was trying to just say every joke I wrote out and when i write a joke out i write it out every word i want to say when i'm writing it because that's just how i think about it i just write it out in like full paragraph form and uh i was like i was like pretty stiff up there and uh, like i've come to realize if i just have like a general idea of what i'm gonna say and i just go with it and like riff on stage then it comes out more natural and like um I think like my presence is funnier, and like, that's and, and that's what sells it, right? Yeah, I think because I'm you just have naturally more confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I've realized too. It's like what you're doing up there. You're not just telling a joke. You're in a sense also selling it. Yeah. <laughs> with your movements, with your motions, with your pauses, with yeah. your gestures like it's like if you don't believe in it and if you don't think it's funny they're not gonna fucking think it's funny but you have to deliver it in like a serious way like depending on what you're talking about like the more serious you say the joke or deliver it like the more funny it'll be because like it's such a juxtaposition that people are gonna have to laugh because it's gonna catch them off guard and it's like an it's like a cat and mouse game so it's like stick and weave and uh i don't know like Exactly. If you have a general idea, like you said, of, of what you're going to say up there and you can just let your your persona kind of shine through, I feel like that attitude is like most of the battle being likable is most of it. I think I think that is most of it. Being likable is the biggest part, I think. I've seen and like I know I haven't been doing I have not been doing comedy long enough to even like justify my opinions of comedy like you know what i mean like, i feel the same way it's like like uh i'm sure once i do comedy for four years i'm gonna look back at this podcast when i was four months in and be like what the fuck like you know what i mean but Dude, exactly i've seen some very confident people do some very okay jokes mm -hmm. and get a lot of laughs for them yeah i feel like depending on like if your energy is there and if you can if you can like engage with the audience and like make it funny and make it almost sound effortless like mm -hmm. like it like you it just occurred to you a second ago mm -hmm. that's what fucking gets them yeah because you you sneak up on them yeah and that's how you kill yeah yeah it definitely uh and i think i think one thing for me is like uh I've I've come to realize, and uh, like very early on, like it's a, a lot of like doing comedy is just being a part of the comedy community, 
and like growing with like the other people who are doing comedy and like being around and like being making friends and making those connections. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've come to realize like, cause I was kind of like, fuck, like how do you get a book show and like all this stuff. And now I've been hanging out with people for a few months and like, I realized a lot of people on book shows in Phoenix are just friends with people who book shows in Phoenix. Right. Right. And it's about because they've seen them. They know them. Yeah. They've run into them enough times, had enough conversations. Right. To be like, oh yeah, this occurred to me. You should be on this because I'm, I know you. Yeah. And it's like, you've seen them so many times. Like, um, like I realized it's it's like one of those things for me. Like I was like, how do I get on a book show? And what do I got to do? It's like, oh, like you got to fucking be around. Like you got to show up. You got to say hi to this one guy 15 times every fucking Wednesday that you go to his mic. And then eventually he'll be like, oh, yeah, dude, you've been coming here for fucking months or a fucking year now or whatever. Like, you want to be on this Saturday show? That's really how it goes, man. Like, yeah, it's not like uh, nobody owes you anything. Right. They want you want. The biggest thing is to make yourself it's like paying your dues, paying your dues, but also like making it so that people want to work with you that it's not totally. going to be a pain in their ass that you're not going to be a pain in their ass because you haven't tried to ask them for anything or get something out of them or have some sort of ulterior motive and we all might i mean secretly but dude like real relationships in this industry i feel like is what really um carries people because there's a reason why all these guys know each other like seinfeld jerry seinfeld knows kevin hart and Ricky Gervais knows like Eddie Murphy or, you know, like there's a reason that all these guys, you know, intermingle with one another because they have had to, to get to where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're anybody, they should know who each other is at, especially when you live in LA, like all of them do. Totally. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's like, uh, I mean, the thing yeah, I'll I'll say what I'm gonna say after I ask you. Like what made you want to do like stand up? I'm this is gonna sound kind of And that's a question if you continue doing comedy for twenty years, you'll have to answer that question for the next twenty years. So <laughs> this is the first time it's going on recording. <laughs> you know what? You can't change it after today. And I wouldn't want to because <laughs> what I'm about to say is um, not, never going to change because laughter, when it's all said and done, is the only way you can truly cope with shit and get over it in a healthy way quickly. You smile, you laugh, you acknowledge that it's bullshit. Why? Like, could this happen? Oh, well, that's just the way life is. If you can laugh about stuff, you're going to be okay. If your marriage is failing and you guys can figure out a way to make each other laugh, that connection will eventually come back and you guys will be okay. And I just seen the power of a laugh and I've always just been dying to get that out of people because that's when everybody's on the same page. Everybody's feeling good. And uh, I just... I don't know. I was always the class clown growing up. I was always naturally good at just being a goofball and just had this constant need to just be validated and just <laughs> make other people <laughs> laugh and be and smile. You know, just I just was that type of kid, just always seeking attention. I was I was the uh, you know 
the only child for a while until I, my sisters came around. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's that's my shit. Like there's nothing else I would rather do than to be laughing the rest of my life and make others do that. <laughs> that's fair. But what what made you like actually go to an open mic and fucking get on stage and like the, what what was that thought process like? Because it was this year, fact, right? Like yeah, the fact that your first open mic was when. June, like, August, June this year? August. August this year? Yeah, wait, how long? How many months has it been? September. My first mic was July 26th. Mm. So, my yeah, my first mic was August because I had just met Dustin, Cade, and Joshua Harrison around that time. And I was, uh, you know, watching their podcast on YouTube. And they had a lot of good stuff to say, and I wanted to come out and see it. So, like, the fact that these guys were really cool and they were just being honest about the process and... Just uh, the fact that for advice for new, for new comics, they had an episode about like what to do if you're feeling apprehensive about your first mic. And like rule number one is to just get comfortable eating shit, man. Just get comfortable bombing and just get up there and not give a fuck because it's going to happen and you're going to suck and you're going to sound hacky at first because your writing's going to be weak and your writing's not going to get any stronger unless you work it. Yeah. So I went into it with that understanding of like, okay, this is a lot of fucking work, but there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So I just had to fucking get over my bullshit and just realize that at first it's just like giving a class presentation, except you don't know anybody there and it's not anything school related. It's just you rambling. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just getting over that initial bullshit and just doing it it's not comedy unless you're actually doing it in front of people yeah yeah so that's fair yeah did you uh did take any uh like period of time before you were like i think i want to do a mic versus like you actually did a mic i would say like i was writing jokes um i was telling the people earlier when you were getting the pizza that i've been like writing jokes for like 18 months but like it had or maybe I didn't. That might have been earlier. I'm really high from that pen you gave me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I might have thought it and not actually said it. But um, fuck, what were we talking about? God damn it! If there was any length of time between 18, wanting to do a mic, right, 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 one, right, eighteen months. I'm sorry, I got off track. Damn, it took you eighteen months before you actually like worked up the courage and did a mic. Well, that's how how long I had, I had seriously seriously been doing research on YouTube and and reading articles and books about co- writing jokes and comedy and writing my own material. That's like that whole embryonic stage of just like getting the juices flowing and just getting used to it without any sort of parameters or time frames and just like letting giving myself the time to really (coughs) dedicate to learning the craft and just sucking and figuring it out so yeah it took it took some time and my confidence eventually you know i just i I had to i realized that i had to kind of run towards those things that scared the shit out of me because if i don't I feel like nothing's ever going to change. So you kind of have to jump into the water and just be like, this might go bad, but even if it does, I'm not going to (laughs) die. Right. That's wild though. 18 months. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And and it took me so, so long to work up the courage because like I said, you have to not give a shit. You have to know who you are. You have to be confident. 
because not everybody can do what we do. It's people's number one fear on earth. Yeah. The fear of speaking in public yeah. in front of a large audience. Yeah. And when you're writing your own material, that's a very intimate process. And when you think something's funny and you want others to think that and be on the same idea as you, it's like, if they don't fuck with it, it almost, it almost hurts, but you can't let it hurt you because that's just the art. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot to not, uh, it takes a lot to get over like not getting laughs or to like get over bombing or to get over just feeling comfortable on stage. I was going to say, um, that's like one reason I liked, or I like doing comedy is cause, uh, it's something that I realize I got to work at for a long period of time, but I know I can, like, it's a long game thing. Like, it's like, like you were saying, like you got to just, marathon, man. yeah, you got to get comfortable fucking eating shit, bombing on stage, get over it, get used to it. Fucking it almost get out and do mics constantly. It, it, you need to get to a point where it doesn't fucking phase you in the least. Yeah. And when you kill, it barely fucking phases you then because you expect to. Because you piss excellence and you've worked on your shit. It's not luck. <laughs> it's not luck. Yeah. If you get to that point where you're killing crowds no matter where you go, right? Like, you have worked at that. That is not luck. Yeah. So, you'll get to a point, I think, like, when people are really successful, like the ones that we see on TV, like Joe Rogan does whatever the fuck he wants. Like, Rob Deerdeck, not a comedian, but he does whatever the fuck he wants. When you get to a level like that, I just think that you're oh, so you're deck. so resilient and level headed that you don't ride the highs or or the lows. Everything is just really good in the middle and nothing gets too crazy. That's fair. You're part of the like Rob Deerdeck generation, huh? Yeah, bro. Grew like, up with him on uh, Fantasy Factory. Him and Wild Boys. Robin like, Big. Robin Big. Rest in peace. That's funny, man. Big Black. I fucking yeah. I used to watch all those fucking shows growing up. That's so funny, Rob Deerdeck, dude. Fucking dude, really wild. believes he was abducted by aliens. Did you know that, dude? We can talk about aliens. I've seen some UFOs. I'm talking about Deerdeck specifically. <laughs> like, have you heard his story? I'm talking about me specifically. Oh, you specifically? No, I have not heard his story. No, oh, my, but I would like to. My bad, dude. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen some UFOs for sure. Oh, me too, man. Out here. No, I would like to see that. Did you watch the Joe Rogan episode with the guy? From uh, the Navy who Bob chased Lazar. the UFO. No, the guy, uh, the guy from the Navy that was on recently, the commander who like is the guy who is the commanding officer of the team that filmed the UFOs. No, you didn't watch that. No, that's insane. Take me on a journey, Maestro. Oh, dude, uh, Commander David Fravor. David this Fravor. whole thing was crazy. So my stepdad. My stepdad was a pilot in uh, the Air Force, and I got him to watch the, this whole podcast, and he just said it was mind-blowing. This is the commanding officer who, like, was – he first chased a UFO, and then he fucking was the commanding officer of the team who recorded one. Wow. So do you remember uh, fucking – now we're fucking getting out on an alien tangent, but uh, do you remember the guy from Blink-182 was on, Joe Rogan? Yeah, uh, Tom DeLong. Yeah, and Tom DeLong's uh, team leaked those Navy UFO videos, and 
like you know like two months ago or three months ago the navy came out and said like those videos are real and shit yeah no i mean i had heard about it i guess i had never seen the footage so, oh wait no i, I might have so tom DeLong's the I one who have. leaked those videos tom DeLong leaked the videos yeah, his, wow yeah to the stars academy and uh hey babe you want some pizza no not at all and so uh this guy's team is the one who fucking recorded those videos. This guy. What's his name? David Fravor? David Fravor. Fravor? Babe, do you want to take this pasta? And will you will you bring us a couple forks for the wings? Yeah. I love you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Julian, by the Hi, way. Hi, I'm Sam, by the way. <laughs> Have you guys met? Did you meet at the mic or no? I don't think so. I don't oh. think so. Not that time. Sam? Jules? Jules? Sam? Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah no i didn't see that dude like i uh the footage uh oh yeah so it's it's like this black and white one and it's yeah. like this float yep i've definitely seen it actually but let's see it yeah uh oh we don't we don't have to watch this whole fucking thing but uh he just breaks the whole thing down for joe rogan you gotta watch this whole podcast it's like two hours long Oh, dude! I it's Joe Rogan, uh, thirteen sixty one. If anyone wants to watch it, he he does like like a, like an analysis of it from like a military. So he explains like what all these readings are on the screen and like what the camera's looking at and like all this shit and like he explains that this camera is like the most advanced like aerial fighting camera. It's like made for tracking like aerial threats in the sky while you're in a plane. Wow, wow. And so the craft it's like tracking moves so fast. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Um, No, I'm good on pasta. Did you want some of that pasta? I'm okay, thank you. We're good. Thanks, babe. And it explains that the thing moves so fast off the screen that the device can't track it. And so it's the device made for tracking, like, F-17s and, like, Raptors and shit in the sky. Like, the fastest fighter jets on the planet. That's what I'm saying. Like, instantaneous rate of change is, like, beyond our physics. It's wild. It is. But, yeah, yeah, you got to watch this whole thing because it fucking... The dude's, like, 30-year Navy pilot commanding officer and is like, yeah, like, I'm the one who reported aliens for, like, the first time. And, like, all this shit is crazy. (laughs) Just mind blowing shit. You know what I saw the other day? What? I saw this documentary um, about the Navy covering up the actual proof of mermaids. As crazy as it fucking sounds. Oh, was that that fake documentary that they made? No. So they were revisiting the case uh, 15 years after. They were talking about how, like, all these whales, like, thousands of whales all over the world were like beaching themselves and like killing themselves on purpose because the navy was testing like the super highly you know powerful sonar that they were testing out to see how it worked and try to weaponize it and it was fucking just like killing these whales and forcing them to wash up on the shore but with them there was like a body in it's washington this, is it it's called mermaids um like the body found the body found extended or whatever it's like it's the one that came out like this year well the body found was like super fictional no it wasn't dude you got to look this up because they go <laughs> I'm, th- dude they have a former navy seal on the actual documentary and the doctors themselves defending the aquatic ape theory there's more to it than you think and there's d- there's footage that's never been shown to the public in this new one 
So that's like the whole thing. Like, I promise you there's something more to it. I thought it was BS. I'm a skeptic. I don't really think that there's mermaids. But, dude, like, the evidence, like, it's there. There's spears. There's things that fishermen have been finding for thousands of years, like tools. Well, the Animal Planet one was That are stuck in sharks and all that. It was definitely super fake. Are you sure? I'm positive the Animal Planet thing from, like, seven years ago is super fake. This isn't from seven years ago. This but is the this extended does, cut. This does say new evidence, and it premiered th- four months ago. So that, that's the one. That's I'll the gi- one. I'll give it a shot. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now. <clears throat> a team of scientists testifies that they found the remains of a sea creature with ties to human origins. That's it, pretty cool. It's 100% factual. They. Ha- it's, it's, I'm <laughs> telling you, it bro, out. it's nothing but evidence. Like, just, just, it's nothing but evidence. You know, it's not that, it's not that far off that it's possible. I mean, a lot of people believe Bigfoot's real. I mean, I, it's I, not, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to the idea that what if it's all a little bit true? It's not impossible though, right? Like it's not yeah. humans early humans were around seventy thousand years ago or some shit like that. Uh, uh earliest were about a hundred. That's what they talk about, like our lineage. Like why why couldn't there be some offshoot of species that lived close to the water and started living in the water and developed gills and shit like you know that's exactly right and yeah that's like obviously like not the obviously that's all theoretical and this is like highly controversial still even but like the fact of the matter is is that i love that the mermaids dude i love it the fact of the matter is that they had like um voice vocal like animal vocalization experts yeah. analyzing all these different signatures from like the bloop in 1997 the one sound that was from a species that had never been identified they talk about the bloop and how it's like the craziest thing ever because it has the range of a whale but like beyond it and it had never been seen before so they they found they finally found the <laughs> animal or the creature that they think is making the sounds through all this data that they've collected and it's like a really crazy thing in the navy a totally uh, former navy guy admits he was at the beach covering it up and that they took it very seriously so i mean it is what it is i'm not sure i mean if you can call it mermaids or if you can call it like just like an ape offshoot of us or what it is but i can just tell you right now that we know more about the fucking surface of the moon than we do about our ocean that's true Tell you that right now. (laughs) We know like a small percentage of the life in the ocean. We don't know about the Mariana's Trench. I'm gonna look it up. It's like we've um, we've discovered it's like something like small, like thirty percent of species in the ocean. That's like their prediction or something. A species of whale and dolphin that had existed all along had just been discovered, like recently, like. Things like within the last ten years, like brand new species of dolphins and whales that never thought were to have mm-hmm. existed. I mean, that's just an example. I was on point. It says two thirds of ocean dwelling species may still be undiscovered. It's yeah, like man, sixty six percent. Yeah, man, I just it's wild. It's possible. It's possible. You just look at the the tools that are found as well, like intelligently carved tools out of sting, stingray barb, and just like the things that the fishermen have captured and. um just the the amount of lore and like the depiction and art over hundreds of years of just there's there might be something to it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, a lot of it's definitely possible. 
I definitely, I'm a firm believer in aliens. Oh, yeah. Especially oh, after yeah. Uh, stuff like this and, like, uh, in, like, the news, uh, Tom DeLonge's company, To the Stars Academy, after this podcast came out and shit, this one with the Navy commander, they signed, like, a five-year contract with the <laughs> Army to study aliens. Really? His company, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Pull that shit up, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on everything. Fox News, fucking... I know Tom DeLonge was... science, Army Times here. Like, ArmyTimes.com. Army partners with former Blink-182 founder, UFO research company to study alien technology. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool, man. I know about his background in this. I didn't know to the extent. He's like the aficionado on UFOs these days, man. Like, There's a theory. There's a few theories on the internet that I'm, I don't think I, I believe at all, but that Tom DeLonge is being like a, used as a conduit between... He people think that he's in direct contact with, I guess, extraterrestrials allegedly, and that'd that, be so cool. And that he would be the middleman between them and us, so that people don't fucking lose their fucking marbles. That'd be so cool. I feel like as as I hate to say it, as boomers and older die off, like everybody's consciousness in pop culture and just the idea of it occurring. I I, I saw that like over half the U.S. population believes is open to the existence of intelligent life. That's like never that's happened. That's I mean, fact check me on it. I, I could be wrong, but it's pretty close, man. Like more people are believing in the shit than ever before with movies, and you know, it it really comes down to movies and pop culture and just the amount of people documenting it with the phones now. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's accurate. You know, like all over the world, like Turkey, Australia. There's California. a lot of the populations that are not super advanced though that are not that. Are not that ready to meet aliens, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's their problem, right? <laughs> that's fair. S- survival of the of the fittest, I feel, because you got to be able to. Reality is bigger than people think it is. I think, and I think that things can pass through as they please if they're smart enough to do oh, it. This was yours, by the way. And we just can't figure it out. I think things can come and go as they please and remain relatively unseen. <laughs> This dude, um, this ju- dude on Joe Rogan was saying, this is the video that they talk about on Joe Rogan that his team recorded. Um, they were talking, they were tracking these things for two weeks, coming out of the atmosphere at 80,000 feet and coming down to 20,000 feet. And then the guy explains that 80,000 feet is technically outer space. Like that's above how high our spacecraft can fly. So they were coming from outer space down to 20,000 feet and going back up for two whole weeks. Um, wow. And uh, he said that happens all the time because they'd watch it on radar and uh, they don't actually have planes in the vicinity that can see them. So they just see them on radar like, oh, there's a blip coming out of outer space. Oh, it went back into outer space now, like that type of shit. And he goes into all this crazy detail, like, he explains how, like, an F-16 fighter jet 
you know, only really has like an hour and a half worth of fuel in it. Really? Yeah. And he's saying like uh, that they would track these things for up to like three or four or five hours. And he's saying like no modern aircraft that the Navy or military flies has that much fuel on it to stay out that long. Yeah. So So he's saying like there's all these things that that don't add up. It's or, like, this is an advanced. alien spacecraft that we advanced. don't fucking have. This is beyond our understanding yeah. of Newton's He's physics, like, not yeah. just the way they handle, like, they go left to right and, like, up yeah. and down and all this shit, but, like, just the fact that they out there, are out there flying for four hours straight and then go back into outer space. Yeah. He's like, we have to get refueled in midair if we're fighting longer than an hour. Yeah, it's... it If you look at... It's crazy. The, th- the, it, the things that don't add up and you're like, why doesn't that make sense? And you like really look at it objectively and ask, does that make sense in a, in the conventional setting? And if it's no, then there might be something to it. I think that, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but like, have you heard of missing four or project missing four one one? Uh, uh, well, it's a similar type of deal, uh, not necessarily related to aliens, but it's about people disappearing in national forests in the United States. Higher oh yeah, than that's like a any crazy thing that happens. Any other place, like almost two thousand since like nineteen seventy one, I think. Yeah. Uh, in U.S. national parks. So, anyway, what were you gonna point out? This is the one where it fucking leaves the screen so fast that it can't track it. It's the Nimitz video. It's pretty wild. Dang. Ah, uh, that's a great here. Sorry, yeah, go on about the National Forest, though. Oh, I was just, like, kind of paying attention to it, but, like, the, uh, dang. Um, See, it just goes off screen to the left. Yeah. So this is like the camera on a fighter jet that tracks like missiles and like fighter jets and tons of shit. And it's just like sidestepping it, like juking it. You just can't track it. Crazy. Uh, And he explains, sorry, fucking back to Forrest in a second. He explains that uh, what they were tracking was jamming their radar. Yeah. Which is technically an act of war. Wow. By our like war standards. Wow. You're not allowed to jam enemy aircraft's radar but they couldn't touch them so it's like we don't want no smoke isn't that crazy yeah we just can't touch them man yeah it would be like taking an iphone back to the stone age that shit would look like magic it would to them what uh what are you saying about the fucking forest back forest to stuff? the back to missing 411 yeah, people have gone missing like more than more than any other place yeah and there's America. always there's always a pattern right to like all these disappearances there's this guy i forget his name but if you pull up missing 411 right now um he's been investigating i want to say like over 1700 individual reported missing person cases and the most the strangest thing about it before i even get into the phenomena itself is the fact that you would think that with the amount of people going missing in u.s national forests at the rates that they have over the years that somebody we keep better records of them. There is no record keeping virtually aside from the park rangers there. If they can't find you within the initial week, you're never to be heard from again. The FBI doesn't investigate these disappearances. Isn't that weird? Why is that? What's Why? going on? I think what's happening is these 
these lands are completely protected and unscathed some of which are completely untouched and uncharted in general they're ancient teddy roosevelt protected them a long time ago from being deforested and fracked and all that shit so i think what's happening is people are going missing essentially it, it like like a, the wormhole theory like people are are coming and going between different timelines because of alleged portals or magnetic fields in these forests because of the amount of granite in the in like the mountains and the in is like that the what the documentary is about yeah everybody seems to go missing next to granite or running water uh there's the point of separation where people are always with a group people that know what they're doing like former military former hunters that know the woods like the back of their hand they'll stray right like go off to pee or something and then there'll be like a sound and then there will be like silence and then they can't find any trace of them they they'll scour like the area where they disappeared and it's literally like in a matter of 10 seconds somebody is completely fucking gone and it's always the person that gets separated from the others it's it's this it's this same exact pattern really? people that that know better that should not be getting lost i'm talking about military personnel doctors lawyers like people that are smart really? are going missing yeah and they think dude. they're just ju- jumping into wormholes and shit i think that cuz my mind went the with the fact like, that there's no nobody investigating it and the fact that when the gentleman that is funding this or starting this whole campaign tried to obtain documents. Yeah, that's pretty mind blowing. Trying to obtain documents on these individual cases, he would always be met with bureaucratic dead ends and red tape, denying him access to these cases. The FBI threatening him, telling him to stop asking it for information, and it's like, dude, you guys don't even investigate this. Why are you so vehemently opposed? We can't disclose that. That's classified. It's like, do you know or do you not know? Is this, uh, wait, is this like a new one? He has like two different ones on here. The Missing Hunted. 411 the and hunted. Missing 411 The Hunted. Wait so this sec. is the one you're talking wait about? Wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Because they both say David, David Politis. Pol- Pol- David Politis, yeah, that's his name. David Politis. They're both based on the book series written by David Politis. And it's then this one says David Politis presents. It's The Hunted. The hum- haunting true stories okay it's the hunted that one dissects four very very strange cases and just shit doesn't add up bro like like listen to this this is one of the cases a hunter got separated he was gonna go off and do you know set up camp while the others were gonna you know take a break and like eat and whatever and he disappeared they started a search party for him and over the course of months they combed like hundreds of acres of land like search parties as like wide as you could get them and over time they couldn't find anything but then his shit would start to pop up in places they had already searched like dozens of times really his boots would be two miles away from his thermos his thermos was like four miles away from his backpack and they had already looked (laughs) And then there was one other thing that they found, like a like a pair of shoes that was like up a mountainside that was on an incline so steep that nobody would ever think to go up there because like he did not climb up it. It's backcountry. It's like four feet of snow. Why would he take off his shoes to climb up this incline of razor sharp rock? That's crazy. And none of it made fucking sense. And then the craziest thing happens. Three months later, his body turns up. Really. 
dead. They couldn't determine the cause of death. He was just cold. They couldn't tell if he was strangled. They couldn't tell if he had a heart attack, an aneurysm. He was dead, just like away from all of his shit. <laughs> and it, it was really yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's disturbing, man. It's it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that they don't, <clears throat> the FBI is shutting it down, and they are not even investigating it themselves, but still someone have an interest in it. It's creepy. It's creepy because we don't know what's going on because it's, like I said, reality is much bigger than we think. And I think things can come and go as they please if they know how to work the powers that be. We can already prove the existence of at least eight other dimensions on top of us with quantum theory and provable metaphysics and particle physics. I mean, this isn't like a theory. This makes is, me uncomfortable. This is something that could happen. <laughs> That's wild. My mind immediately went to like... Like, uh, like populations living in forests. Um, you mean like feral people killing people like off? Like the village, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like populations isolated inside of. And there may be national forests. That and there like, may be. Maybe they get kidnapped because someone was like there, and they stumbled into them, and that culture or the weird people that live in the national forest just like fucking kidnap them and. But here's the thing. But then when you're like, but there's no cause of death, and like, Can it's you, not like they hit him over the head and fucking dragged him away, like. Right. You you really what you want to do? I totally hear you out, and I thought the same thing. I was like, what if this is isolated cases of murder, or just like people just like getting dying of exposure and getting scavenged and all this stuff? Yeah. But they can never, they either never find the bodies ever, or when they do, they can never determine the cause of death. Well, and people can live for quite a while. If he had like a canteen full of water, even without food, that guy could have sat in one spot for three or four days just sipping on that water. But his clothes were gone. Like, why would he take off his clothes? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you just get separated from your party, like, one of the first things they teach you in like everything is like, stay put. Like, fucking yeah. don't wander. You should be there. Like, sit and wait for people to find you. Hunters know that better than anybody. Right. And they're still disappearing. Like if you're, so, if you get 100 feet off of a trail with your friends, yep. you're not going to keep wandering 100 feet. Especially if you have a backpack with a canteen and all that shit. You're just going to sit and chill and be like, it's energy hey, you don't I'm need over to. Here. It's, like, it's energy you don't need to expel because you need it in a survival situation. So, like, a hunter knows to stay put. And that's like the, that's the, that's what I'm saying. The point of separation you could for sure make it a few days. Like yeah, you could sit on a log and live for a few days. Is what I mean. Like oh yeah, I mean, pull up real quick if you Google missing four one one clusters, clusters they'll show you on a map of all the U.S. national parks. It'll have Yosemite. It'll have uh, Sierra Nevada. It'll have Tonto National Forest. It'll have Sedona. It there are places where people go missing way more than anywhere else it's it's crazy Let's see if they have it on there why can't i open that fucking map a tiny little thing but anyway it's just it just makes you wonder there's a show called the society why can't i just get a full-size image over here just like motherfuck dude <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like these are crazy. Uh, again. That one with the red dots is is where it, where it is, right there. Yeah. This one. Yep, that's it. 
Dude, that's where people go missing. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, there's a big cluster in Sedona. People go into Sedona, like, like wandering off and, like, taking all types of psychedelics in nature. Sometimes, allegedly, getting attachments. You know? That's wild. I know there's a lot of kidnappings in uh, Phoenix, too. But that's more of, like, Mexican cartel. I mean, that's just... Drugs, that, human, that, human trafficking type that, of shit. This shit is all connected. I mean, I don't really want to get into that on a podcast like this because... <laughs> Dude, you know, fucking the portals get to su- another get su- dimension, Get suicided though. over here. Yeah, right? <laughs> get suicided. Jesus Christ, man. That's, like... That's honestly one of the scariest things to me is that the people that can just pay to put a price on your life and not bat an eye over like, it. Like, dude, I love conspiracy theories and I can talk about them all day, but like me too. A lot all of day. them are conspiracy theories for a reason. And it's because there's a lot of fucked up evidence in there. Like we wouldn't if, okay. Like the, are, like the reporter mm-hmm. who got shot in front of his house at like four in the morning and they didn't t- steal his wallet and he was the guy who was going to, like, expose Hillary Clinton the next day and shit like that. It's, like, it's weird. Like, shit like that is, like, dude, that guy got murdered. And then they're, like, oh, he committed suicide in his front lawn. It's, like, are, come on, dude. Are you serious? Like, what? I'm telling you, bro. Like, if there's a, if there's a narrative, it will be created. It will be stuck to. And it will basically become fact because if the government says it didn't happen it didn't happen yeah, it's like Epstein dude I don't oof, talk about that's crazy man that, that whole thing is crazy like I said it's all connected and and I don't really want to get too too into that because again it's just you never know um, you're using Google right now which is crazy because they're trying to limit all types of free speech with their firewalls and all that other stuff you can't even find certain things depending on what you're uh, searching. Uh, the jail guard. This just came out today. <clears throat> the jail guards for Epstein rejected their plea deal. Um, and everyone's saying that if they gave them an option for a plea deal, that means they're considering criminal charges on the uh, the guards that were guarding him. Yeah, which is uh, really absurd if uh, he killed himself. Dude, I mean, it's weird, man. The whole Epstein thing is weird. The whole, uh, that's why I like talking about it on stage. It's like, uh, every time I bring up, like, Bill Clinton and him, uh, getting, like, a blowjob and shit, people, like, are like, oh, yeah, like, I remember and all that shit. It's like, yeah, but it's like, why, why don't any of you remember when Epstein killed himself? <laughs> it's like, what? That was like a way bigger deal. Yeah, no kidding. Than dude. Bill Clinton getting a blowjob in the White House, but it's like everyone remembers the Bill Clinton story. It's yeah, like uh, because it's scandal. That's what it is. Everybody yeah. loves a good juicy, fucking stroke myself off scandal. But a billionaire having a pedophile island like that he flew his friends to like it's, that's apparently a huge it's a scandal. thing. It's apparently a thing from like the crime podcast I listen to. He's not the only pedophile that's purchased an island to have his horrors there was another guy in michigan in the 70s way before him it's gotta be a a very common thing i mean dude like priests in the catholic church have been molesting kids for centuries it's uh and everyone knows like 
popes for decades have hidden it and transferred priests who have gotten trouble and like i think good and evil does not <clears throat> stick to our human constructs of what they are in religion i think good oh, and yeah, evil sure. are present in unspeakable evil can be in there's wolves in sheep's clothing everywhere yeah you look at you look around bro like there's just truly unspeakable evil but i honestly in my heart i believe people are generally good and that there will always be more light than dark in the world um the unfortunate part is that the the thing that, that our minds are geared to focus on because they're trying to keep us alive like survival is uh the negative stuff yeah and then that feed that bleeds into our actual mental health and emotional state and it becomes less than survival and more about just like being depressed and the world's dark, man. It's always been fucked up. We're just seeing more of it because we got phones. Yeah, that's for sure. We can't I act mean, like the this internet is just definitely brand changes new. Most of it. Oh, it's definitely not new. It's just people know about it now. Well, people know about it now, and there's also new problems on top of the old ones now, right? That's because funny. now you got China making all types of fentanyl, selling it to the cartels. They're fucking cutting their product, getting oh, the it in. Fentanyl stuff's crazy. That. I don't do it again. Like we could, we could talk about this for a while, but like, oh yeah, we that's, can talk about whatever. That's that's literally coming in from from China. They're the ones producing it, selling it, using their people to make it because they don't give a shit about their health, and that's how they slowly want to kind of topple the U.S. They're, they're they're they've been trying to do it for a long time, and they're going to do it however they can, and that even includes selling it to the cartel so they can cut their product and make a bigger fortune. And the cartel don't give a shit because they're making money and they don't care who kills. They don't care. Well, and the crazy thing is it doesn't kill everyone. It doesn't kill everyone. Right. Like it's, that's if Narcan is available. Right. It's bizarre. Well, it's not even just that, but it's like not everyone has the same reaction. Like there's like, there's been people who've died from fentanyl. Who's like friends have not. And that's what's like scare scares me. You know, it's like you could buy coke and like have like a, a, a good batch of coke from your dealer and your friend buys the same coke and they die because it has fentanyl in it and you're fine. I don't know the organic chemistry as to why it selectively kills people and why it doesn't. I I, yeah, that's what I don't get. Terrified. Because they say like I mean, they say, like, you know, a little bit, a little bit of the powder is, like, enough to kill someone. Like, a tiny amount of fentanyl. But why is that the case? But there's people who transport, like, bags and bags of it. There's officers that have died. They're not dying. There's officers that have died detaining suspects that have had it in their system. Right. The suspects don't die. Right. It's weird. So, I... I do that. That's just, like I said, unspeakable evil. It's weird. Dude. It's unspeakable evil. It's There's weird. no need for it. It's literally a fucking elephant <clears throat> uh, opiate. Like, it's meant for fucking big, big game. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. I don't fuck with any of that. I don't even like talking about it because I'm still not over Mac Miller's death. Oh, yeah. Still not cool with it. I mean, yeah, that's pretty wild. A guy he was so excited to like, he was really excited about that tour. And then he died like two days before a guy actually in my hometown got arrested in connection to that in Tucson in Lake Havasu, Lake Havasu. Is that the same shit that killed peep? Uh, I don't know. 
I heard that they're yeah, all connected. Like how Sioux City man arrested in connection with rapper Mac Miller's death. Uh, they were they've been looking into all the fentanyl shit and all the drug dealers forever, and yeah, he got arrested. So he must be connected to. I mean, it's crazy. He's in Havasu, but uh, there's not a whole lot of details. Clearly, the investigation's like ongoing. But it says like arrest follows recent charges against a different man, Cameron Pettit who was arrested and accused of selling Miller counterfeit oxycodone pills that contain fentanyl. So it's like, did this guy sell that other guy the fentanyl lace oxycontin or like what? But yeah, I just read about this because because uh, from my hometown, this was a month and a half ago, September 24th, the guy got arrested. Yeah, dude, I, I didn't even know. I thought that there were two guys that got arrested initially. There was like with a guy in L.A. I knew that... Um, was like associated with Ariana Grande and whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, allegedly. And like somehow he was connected to like uh like Lil Peep's death as well or like a, a, an affiliate of his even. Like they're they it's all connected. It's like the same batch of shit coming up through uh Mexico from the Sinaloa cartel. That's pretty mostly. crazy, dude. They're the number one Did you know that the Sinaloa cartel um, mostly traffic through the state of Arizona through Pinal County, and they are the number one importers of fentanyl to the United States? I believe that. Fact. A lot of it definitely comes through Mexico. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. But it's not surprising. I mean, really. I mean, how easy is it to just drive a fucking car across the border with shit? Yeah, it. I mean, not anymore. It's not even that. It's like open desert. You know, it's like uh, it's dimly lit roads. It's state routes that are yeah. where they're aware of when patrols are patrolling. Like people are getting, you know, terror, terrorized in the middle of the night, robbed in the middle of the night, oh, yeah. killed in the middle of the night. Like I know that that one case was really big about that family from QC, Queen Creek, um, you know, that got killed by the cartel the driving Mormons? up. Yep. Yep. Yep, from a retreat, and uh, really horrifying. Just like the unspeakable evil. But I don't it's think just... you should ever drive to Mexico. Personally, I know a lot of people who do, but I really don't feel like you should. <laughs> it's just I don't feel like you should at all. Yeah, no. It's like it's so sketchy. So much sketchy shit happens all the time, and yeah. it's always. I remember like, I mean, I remember when I was growing up. And it was, like, getting really bad. And there were, like, reports of people getting their their heads cut off and shit at the border. You know, like, yeah. shit like that it's, in, like, the late 90s. You know, it's... It's like, it's never been great. I'm telling you, it's just... It's always been going on. I mean, there's always oh, been yeah. bloodshed. There's always been get, narcos and, you know, federales and... Quite frankly, excuse me, our, our feds... Trying to get these guys to stop, but at the end of the day, um, if there's a market, there are going to be people that are willing to do whatever they have to do to make money because a lot of them, like this is my personal opinion, uh, a lot of these cartels are affiliated with the occult, bro. Like they're into like dark, dark practices and dark magic, and really? they have like shamans. I'm telling you, dude, bro, more of these conspiracies, dude. This isn't a conspiracy. I this didn't is know proven. we were gonna get on all these fucking topics. We got on mermaids, UFOs, portals to other dimensions, and now we got the occult. I dig it, dude. This is like the best podcast. I'm ever. telling you right now, dude. What do you want me to Google? 
Google um, Mexico no, 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 cults. No, no, no. Mexican <laughs> cult uh, uh, gang leader. Like, type that in. There's like a guy from the '90s that was an official shaman. Aldolfo Costanzo. Yes. Is that him or San- yes. Santa Morante? No, Adolfo Costanzo. Do you watch all those horror movies that uh, that guy? I'm telling you, the Curse of La Llorona. He he literally is like over the Rasputin of like Latin America, like all of like the. He allegedly would like be protecting like Pablo and a lot of the most powerful narcos with like black magic and voodoo, and blood sacrifices, and he would like. Uh, actually do sacrifices on people he said like the the more pure and innocent the blood if it were human like the the stronger the 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 magic would work and like people would pay him dude i'm telling you this shit is no joke this guy dude this like blows my mind reading about this stuff because this guy died when he was 26 years old yeah he died when he was 26 years old which is two years younger than me now and it says he was the cult leader of an infamous gang that was dubbed the Narco Satanists. Yeah, I'm L- telling you. The Spanish moniker for them was Los Narcos Satanicos by the media. He was called the Godfather by his cult members. Official consultant with a lot of these powerful guys that wanted protection from other gangs, so they would come to him. They would curse other people, like craziness dude like this is like black magic like this is wild this is no joke this isn't this is a conspiracy only in the sense that um it it it's it's just it still goes on you know this stuff doesn't just go away once it's brought into the world it stays if anything there are people trying to mimic him that's how it always happens there's a martyr that dies and does something crazy that's wild, And then man. the world changes. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy, like, reading about how much stuff, like... What really goes on. Like I said, reality, bro. It's, like... It's uh, what you make of it. And what it, a lot of it is is bullshit. It's bullshit, man. A lot of it. Oh, my God. The cult... What really goes on. They started to rave graveyards for human bones to put his... Non Nanga or to put in his cauldron, basically. Yep. Before long, his cult decided that the spirits of the dead. This sounds like a comic book almost. Like it's like crazy. Totally. <laughs> that the spirits of the dead that resides in the cauldron would be stronger with live human sacrifices instead of old bones. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's when it escalated. Fuck. Started. Dude kidnapping people and then they decided they needed an actual human brain jesus dude this is wild man i'm telling you dude this isn't a figment of my imagination why aren't there movies about this i mean because it's just unspeakable evil like what what, i i don't know i would watch it isn't that a movie unspeakable evil i mean it has to be it's a great title i feel it is just uh i don't think it is I'm just. It is the name of a book. I think. I think what everybody needs to realize and what everybody needs to stop being surprised about is this: the world, as we know it, 
is as we know it. It's been created for Pull us. Pull that closer to you. It's been created for us. There you go. And you can make, get out of this life whatever you put into it, and you should live the life to the fullest and just be happy and leave as much positivity as you can than when you came into this world because the reality is that this world is run by rich billionaire pedophile satanist <laughs> i'm serious dude i'm not kidding that's like, like pretty accurate that, man. i'm not kidding like, that that's disturbing. the reality it's disturbing this. but this it's epstein so very shit, true bro this epstein shit it's all connected to that bohemian grove stuff it's all fucking it's all it's all connected man that's so true god damn yeah fucking blows my mind it makes me want to like stop talking about it because i feel like siri is just like oh yeah I bet. Siri. Fuck you, Siri. Dude. I didn't ask you. Devices listening to us has got to be one of These like, are only theories, by the way. By the way, these are my personal opinions. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I really don't think, I know people. Did your dog just fart? I think he did. He probably did. Oh, my God. Does it smell bad? It doesn't smell good. Yeah, it's not, he farts like <laughs> no, a human. fuck. Yeah, he's taking a take. Whoa, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. He sent me straight to the ass chambers. Yeah, he gets bad. <laughs> he gets real bad. Um, but I think people really blow all that shit out of proportion about like Siri recording you and like your phone listening to you and shit. Like, it I mean, for sure is. It for sure is. But like, Snowden already let everyone know fucking years ago that. The CIA records over 66% of all phone calls in it, the United States. You heard him and Rogan, right? Uh, yeah. That shit was wild. But it's like, but a lot of that shit he's like said before in interviews and he's stuff. He's like, and again, this is all in the public domain. Yeah. He like says that over and over again. He's like, and again, this is not my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, but like he's, he let people know about all that corruption in the government and stuff. No one cares. Like, he's like, dude, like, there, there's literally just a server just recording phone calls all the time, 24-7. And people are like, yeah, whatever. But fuck Siri, though. I, I forget. Who, it's like. Yeah. You're totally right. I feel like there's a trade-off. Like, I think Joe Rogan was saying on his podcast, as a matter of fact, um, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. But he said something like, people wanted convenience, Right. At any cost. I need it faster. I need it better. I need it wider range. I need it. Totally. He- I need it wherever I, I want it. Totally. And they're like, okay. So in exchange, this is what happens. Data, like data is going to be the most valuable resource on earth right now. It's no longer oil or natural gas. It's data. Oh, for sure. Information. Is. For sure. is. That is what we are up against in the next couple decades dude because privacy is not ever going to be the same again no it's all going to be relatively watched yeah if people really really want really want to hack your shit technology's just gotten so good so fast oh yeah that that is the world we're living in oh yeah well, and there's like smarter uh, criminals than we've ever had. Who was it? I think it was on a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't remember. It criminals more... are so smart now. Oh yeah, what the it fuck? Was some podcast I was listening to, but they were saying someone hacked into a number of Ring doorbells 
like the smart doorbells. Right. And they hacked into so many of them that they effectively like mapped an entire area of Los Angeles and had like a live video stream of like the entire area. Because there are so many doorbells, and then they just sync them all together. And it's like you can effectively just watch this whole area just with doorbells. And, like, you have this live feed of this entire population of people. And you can just watch them all day. Every fucking street, everywhere, just with doorbell cameras. Bitching. Yeah. You used to have to take drugs to do that. <laughs> well, and now, like, you can launch your own fucking satellites, right? Like, they were just talking about that on a podcast I was listening to. Talking about um, eventually you're just going to be able to launch your own satellite in, like, 20 or 30 years. Like, Dude, what happens when no- the technology <laughs> gets so good and, like, little Timmy in his backyard's like, I'm going to fucking launch a security satellite and, and, and monitor everyone and hack into shit. Time out on all like, that. You know what I mean? Time out on all that. Like, yes, that is time definitely that. that is definitely <laughs> true. That is coming. But we can't even be thinking about that until we figure out the laws around fucking drones. We don't even know. We have no laws around drones and where they can and can't fly, where uh, they should or shouldn't be. Like, there's like we do have a lot of drone laws now. Now, yeah, a lot of countries like banned drones as a whole. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. What about the United States? Like, what about what do you? Oh know about yeah, the you state can't of- fly them in restricted airspace. You can't fly them over a certain feet. You have to get a license to fly a drone. Well, okay, okay, okay. I'm talking about from a privacy perspective. Like, there's no... Oh, no, yeah. You could fly yours over to my house and record me for sure. Dude, there's yeah. no laws around that. That's yeah, such yeah. a gray area. We haven't even addressed that. We can't even figure out laws around these fucking scooters that are killing people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these, those like, fucking, fucking... nightmare. Those are crazy. Like, the liability around them. Like, it's it's so fast. Like, yeah. I, I work in insurance now. Dude, I, I fucking spoke to Devontae Freeman earlier. And I can tell you right now that insurance is something that a lot of people don't realize, but it's changing with the world. There's technology is happening at a rate where everything is having to keep up with it. Everything follows suit. Like the way that insurance is done, like there's no fucking solution for like those problems yet. No, there's nothing like if, if somebody runs into somebody on a, on a scooter and they have auto insurance, but they're not covered on that thing. Like, does it do anything? Do you, what do you do? How does that get resolved? Like it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. But there's like, you have like Turo, you can rent out your car to a stranger for an hour. You're like, what the fuck? New technology every three years that fucks all that up. Like there's something else every fucking couple years now. That's like a huge liability for insurance companies. Oh yeah, man. I mean, if it, the biggest thing, like, for insurance companies right now is trying to figure out how people drive by, like, you know, like, m- literally monitoring them. Like, we talk about the lack of privacy again. Like, just yeah. monitoring their driving through, like, devices you can put into your car for discounts or apps you can have on your phone. Um, they're trying to see how people drive so they can actually, like make more money and charge them accordingly because the people are getting into way more accidents now because of cell phones that's just a fact yeah that's just a fact oh for sure especially in states like california where the population density is redonkulous yeah like my Dude, driving in california is retarded it's an anxiety attack i'll use that word your phone's blowing up over there you gotta go soon
No, that's my brother just like in the group chat of my family, but I could probably kick it for another like 30 minutes or so. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're already like an hour and a half in, so. That's cool. We got some good good quality conversation. Yeah, man. We didn't talk as much about comedy on this, which is okay. Oh, we could get back to comedy. We no, time. it's okay. I was just I was just like making an observation. But um yeah, like it's I don't know this early in the game being a comic, I guess more than anything it's about okay, this is going to be my life now. This is what I can expect this to go like I don't really know if there's like a time frame where this is all going to happen if it ever happens, but I love it that much to fucking try as hard as I can. And like, I feel like if you have that type of attitude and you just love what you're doing and you're trying to get out there and just get better, I think it's just a matter of just sticking with it and just like not giving up and just trying to put in the extra work here and there and figuring out how you can make your life and your career sing in harmony with one another so you're happy because it's about the ride it's not about the destination man totally it's literally about like do i like my life and the quality of where i'm at working a day job and then being tired to you know go out and like hit these clubs hit these mics all this stuff is it worth it and if the answer is yes then dude like that's the dream right there oh yeah the money will hap will follow eventually but not if the motives of why aren't in the right place, I think. Yeah. That's I'm when not, people get shitty, I think, and start to fuck each other over. You know? Yeah, I'm not worried about... I mean, doing comedy, I'm not worried about getting paid doing comedy. And I won't be probably ever. I mean, I like. I have a day job. I don't like my day job. But I make a lot of money doing my day job. And I've accepted that comedy is going to take me a solid minimum of 10 years before I get an actual paycheck from comedy, if I ever do. Like an actual, and I mean like paycheck where I'm like, not someone gave me 50 bucks or 100 bucks to do a spot on a show, but I mean like a, I made fucking five grand off of comedy <laughs> and I'm going to pay my rent with it, like type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like when, you, when, you, when the day job is your night job, that's yeah. like, man, fuck working for somebody. I got a manager. I got a booking agent. Yeah. I got a publicist. You know, I got a, a graphic designer. I got a guy that <laughs> right. runs my shit. You know, like you, you can afford to have those people on your bill, pay your bills, eat healthy food, exercise, oh, yeah. have a home. Bro, if, if I own my own home and I'm healthy and I have people that can help make my life easier, bro, like that's the dream. Like I just want to be able to live off of this i hate trading my time for money if it's oh, not I on agree. my terms i agree with that there. if it's not on my terms i mean i've accepted it because i have to yeah. i'm not i'm not special nobody's fucking special you have to work or you don't eat yeah right like that's just it and yeah i'm not thrilled about my job but you know what it pays the bills i wish i had better insurance but it pays the bills and one day you know hopefully what i love the most will be uh, able to pay the bills because I've earned it. Yeah. And uh, only because I've earned it. Yeah. That's my thing. That's like my, uh, like if I had to like define like a goal in comedy, it would purely just to be to, to earn a spot 
on on like a like a recurring weekend show or like a a fucking club wants to book me every month or like whatever the fuck that looks like. No, you're Sorry. good, man. But uh like making it in comedy to me would be getting a paycheck for sure and being able to pay my bills with comedy. But also right. just having the respect of like my peers in comedy and like being able to get on stage <coughs> and in 10 years, someone else who's been doing it for 15 or 20 years fucking wants to book me on one of their shows or, you know, just says like, Hey man, good set or whatever the fuck. Dude, those Hey man, good sets from people you've never met before is the, it's like why I do this shit. It's like, you don't know me, but I guarantee you that after my set, you're going to be able to relate to me, even if we're not alike. That's what, that's like, I guess that's really why I do comedy. It's like, that's like how I get love from people. I feel like I'm misunderstood, and I feel like the only way that I can be understood is when I'm making people laugh and fucking killing people and leaving them in stitches because it's like, life is full of so many different flavors of bullshit, and we're going to have to eat it all. We might as well laugh. Yeah, that's fair. You feel me? I feel like I do. <laughs> I do. No, I, yeah, I definitely do. I feel like I do comedy purely just because uh Shit, that's my that uh, fucking rush of like mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I do comedy purely because I'm a comedian. Like I figured that's why I wanted to do com- uh, comedy to begin with, because I was listening to podcasts, listening to people like, like Burt Kreischer or like Joe Rogan or like them talk about like when they got into comedy, listening to comedians, uh, answer the questions of like, why'd you get into comedy? What made you get like, do stand up and shit? Mm-hmm. A lot of it was like, I felt like they were just describing me how I am now when they were in their 20s. They're like, when yeah. I was in my 20s, I was just fucking working jobs. Like, I always made my friends laugh. Like, some of my friends were like, you should try stand-up. And, like, I gave it a shot. And, like, now I've been doing it for 20 years type of shit. You don't have to have a big why for it to be right. strong enough to carry you in something like this. Because if you're having right. fun, you're having fun. It's not like you, your why for doing comedy may not need to be as strong and ironclad as your why is if you're trying to be an, an, an ER surgeon. Oh yeah. Like if you're trying to make it through med school well, to do something like, like that, I like, want to save lives, I'm like that type of shit. Dude, I was going to be a doctor before I decided I wanted to do comedy. I had gotten my uh, associate's yeah. degree in in science and I was going to be pre-med at ASU and then go to medical school at AT Still University uh and be a DO, but I I realized like dude, nobody in my family is a doctor. I don't have anybody that can fund this for me. I'm going to yeah. be in a shit ton of debt. Yeah. Three, just because I'm good at something doesn't mean that this is what I want to do. Am I just in this for the money? And I think I was. Yeah. I just wanted to be rich. I think we all just want to have money and just not worry about shit, right? Yeah. That's all I wanted as a kid. I just wanted, because my family struggled growing up, I just didn't want that to be my life. Yeah. So I that's agree. like totally what I gravitated towards. And then I just started, had a realization. I was like, I kept having this nightmare of like waking up in a cold sweat and I was like a second year medical school student and I had like four tests in one day and then I had like a practical thing that I had to do and I was like hadn't eaten and I hadn't had a chance to sleep and I had all this studying to do and I was all alone and my family was away and I was like, is this really for me? 
Yeah. And I kept having the same nightmare, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this. My why is not in the right place. Yeah. I was totally superficial. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't want to crumble and I put myself in hundreds of thousands thing. in debt. I think that's the important thing about college, though. And that's why, like, I went to college, and I don't really agree with the whole college education system, like, how it's funded and everything. But I do think going to college is important for... 18 and 19 year olds to figure out what they want to do and not already have the pressures of life holding them down to allow them to figure those things out. Cause yeah. I think a lot of the times like you join the military Definitely. when you're 18, you get a job when you're 18, you move out on your own or whatever. Like you're already forced into uh like a world of a schedule and like structure and having to do things. Like if you're doing the military, you're structured for four or five or six or seven or eight years. Right. Permanently. Like you don't have the time to be like, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe if I just quit tomorrow and leave, like that'll be cool too. No, dude, they strip you down to your most basic form. Right. And like remove all of that, um, that mommy holding you, telling you it's going to be okay. They like strip you yeah. down to be able to react and not second guess. Yeah. And to respond to orders. Because if you're unsure and uncertain in battle, that's going to get you hurt or killed or somebody around you hurt or killed. Oh, no, I'm with you there. You but I'm just I mean? saying like college gives you the ability to sit down and be like, what do I want to do? For a long period of time. Or it doesn't. I mean, like, it's what you make of it. Just like years anything. to decide what you want to study, what you want to get a degree in, what you want to do. Like people go to college for four years and get a fucking bachelor's and then they're like, I don't fucking like that. I'm going to get a different bachelor's. And then they just get a different one. I feel you. And, and I'm not saying college doesn't have its its value. I'm just saying like now with where we're at and how it, the structure of, of education and funding it and the resources that, you know, people have access to is so limited that the road to having you know a comfortable standard of living with a nice house and like a good a good quality of life may not be the college route like it may be for some people very good for finding out who they are and what they oh, want to yeah, do oh yeah it definitely doesn't have to be the college route to have a good life i just feel like apprenticeship is very important too in vocational school and like actual trades that are always in demand bro like that is really where you can create value for yourself if you become proficient at what you do. Like if you're an underwater welder, for example, you can make some serious fucking bank. Like if you were a fucking dentist. Oh, I agree with that. Skills are skills are really where you make money. And I skills. mean skills are why I make money. Like you create a demand for yourself. Like I have skills, like I'm I'm a marketing consultant. Like I have skills in data. I have coding skills. I have marketing, operational skills, planning skills. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, skills are everything for sure. And yeah, that's what my biggest issue with college is. And I've talked about it on this podcast before, but like, like I don't think schools should offer things like English as a major. Because you're setting people up for failure for the future. Because you're not teaching them anything. You're not teaching them how to do anything. You're not teaching them a skill set. Like you should not be able to go to school for four years reading books and writing papers without a job at the end of it. Like There's nothing you can study English and get a degree and then get a job doing. 
you can be an English teacher. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's there's not like a. It's like things like I think college should be for things like engineering. That's not true. I mean. I mean, you would have to create a demand for yourself. You'd have to have like some business. Sorry, not to cut you off. I'll, I'll let you finish. Your no, thought, you're good. But, uh, I feel like you you have to create a demand for yourself. You can be an English major, and if you put that to good use, and you you know start a blog, or you have a uh, you know you 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 try to write a, a book, or you know anything like oh if you, for sure. If you can apply those and have some sort of business sense. That's where you create your value, but like I feel like you're right. The traditional growth is not linear. It's yeah, just not like especially not. in careers. You need like multiple different avenues. Yeah, especially now, especially with Pull the cost of living. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're good. Especially um, with the cost of living and everything going up, like people in California, I don't know how the fuck they do it. You know, yeah. you gotta like have multiple st- revenue streams in order to just fucking get by. Yeah. But that's kind of what got me into uh, crypto. It's fucking hitting that tripod. Uh, that's what got me into like podcasting and then kind of into comedy too. Like I realized, like what I was saying, like I realized I was always a comedian. Like I was writing comedies, I was filming comedies. I've always been like the class clown, like you were saying, like making people laugh and shit like that. But, like, I went to school studying film. I, I fucking wrote multiple mm-hmm. full-length movies that are comedies. <clears throat> oh, for sure. That's um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I started podcasting, and, like, that was, like, I was, like, I can use my fucking film skills and shit like that. Um, and then doing comedy, for me, I feel like that's just another, it's, like, another extension of my skill set that way. Like, I was thinking about it, like, so many comedians are not just comedians. They're yeah. filmmakers, they're writer-directors, they're podcasters, they're Joe Rogan's an MMA analyst, they have a to fighter. Eat. They have to eat. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, there's tons of fucking comedians who are professional comedians who are also professional other things, too. And for me, that was part of the thing. I was like... Kevin Hart is the best example of that. Totally. There's yeah. There's so many. Kevin Hart is like a super comedian. But it's like thinking about like people like Tina Fey or like Seinfeld or like people who started and got their kind of start in uprising in comedy, but now they're huge stars and you don't even associate them with stand up. But like they started doing stand up and that's how they got fucking discovered and shit. You know what I mean? Will Ferrell too. Adam Sandler. Well, not even yeah. Adam Sandler, but like um, yeah, Eddie Murphy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, that was just another thing that I was like, I could get good at comedy just like I'm trying to get good at podcasting, just like I'm trying to get good at screenwriting. Like, and eventually one thing will make me money. One day I'll sell a screenplay. One day my podcast will have ads that make me money. Exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about finding out who you are on the way to getting those things because they're not going to come easy. So you have to be resilient. You have to be tough and really ready to get your ass kicked and not see anything for a long time. Yeah. And be trust in the process because one day it's going to turn around, but like you don't get to d- decide when that happens. Yeah. People get impatient. People give up. And that's why a lot of dreams don't get fulfilled. You know, wasted potential, I think, is that's like my biggest fear personally yeah. for myself. I don't want to waste my potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember who said that to me one time, but... um. <laughs> 
or maybe it was on a podcast or something and it just stuck with me but it's something like just simple like uh you know none of the people who you look at and like idolize who have succeeded like none of those people gave up right and they succeeded because they didn't give up and it's so easy. It's like 99% of the people who want to be where that, that person's at can't because they give up. And that's like the biggest thing with comedy. I feel like it's... Um, I feel like with comedy, the reason the reason why more comics don't become successful is because comedy is not pretty. And there's like a lot of... Um, it's a lot of like, I guess, failure rejection just not feeling good enough because you're always kind of comics whether they know it or not or they probably do know it they're always kind of one-upping each other they're not going to give up a laugh easy because they're trying to be funny too totally and and nobody gives up a laugh easy for them so it's like this weird unwritten rule with comics like this culture of just i don't know just kind of supporting each other but only to a point yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't understand why that is because I think if you can gen- if, if if like you create like a scene and you make noise and you draw attention to your city, you know, we've seen cities no-name cities just blow up. Like Toronto is fucking huge now because of like Drake and Zed's Dead and Dead Mouse and a bunch of other superstars, you know, that are from there. Um it's just Tory Lanes, like a bunch of people like if you can create like a culture of artists or creators in the sense being comedians or humorists or whatever working together I think that it's going to be a lot better like there are, there are comics I've talked to that from out here that are have been to LA they've done gigs out there they've done book shows they they've seen other cities and other scenes and they're just like Phoenix has a culture of encouraging each other that is not seen in most other places like boston is not like that yeah um la is not like that you know denver's more like that but new york is not like that so it's just i guess it's all relative and i really do appreciate being where i am but i can also acknowledge the fact that i may want to grow beyond here yeah, definitely. I feel like Denver is like a good comedy city, but like at the end of the day, <coughs> if there's not bad shit enough bad shit happening in your city, people aren't aware of you. Yeah, that's fair. Portland, Denver, Phoenix, like the more chill cities, people, you know, they know about them and they travel to them, they pass right through them. Yeah. Nobody's talking about them and controversially yeah i think uh i think phoenix has the potential to blow up as like a comedy hotspot. there's so many comedy clubs here now and there's so many people like to laugh man george lopez had a huge special filmed out here successfully well there's a lot of big name people coming through here every every month iglesias gabriel iglesias mm-hmm he uh he has a lot of big shows out here like a lot of latin comics out here um, and even people that aren't Latin comics, like Chris D'Elia comes through here, you know, a good amount. Oh, a lot of comics come through here, yeah. Like, I like Chris D'Elia. A lot of big L.A. comics come through here a lot. Um, 
But uh, there's a lot of like people who are from here, like David Spade's from here. He talks about Phoenix all the time on his new TV show. Frank Caliendo was at the fucking, as I mentioned earlier, he was at the New Faces on November yeah. 6th, which was cool. Andrew Santino went to ASU. He talks about that all the time. Yeah, Santino did go to ASU, he, huh? He comes here on tour. I just, Yeah, I just met him when he was here in March. That guy's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's a ginger. Huh? Yeah, the Red Rocket. Whiskey Ginger. I love that podcast. Mm-mm-mm. His podcast is great. Um, yeah, I think I think Phoenix could definitely blow up in the comedy scene, though. There's a lot of people. But it is cool that a lot of people are encouraging. And that's kind of like, for me, Like I just want to stay in the scene and keep hitting mics and meeting people and having people on the podcast and fucking mm-hmm. growing with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of people, it seems like a lot of people start comedy and give it up like i've met so many people at open mics that are like yeah i'm just giving it a shot and i never see him again yeah like it's most happened people so many times already that i'm like yo see you next week man and that guy never shows back up <laughs> but like there's a lot of people also that i've met and that like that's why you can't invest a lot in those types of relationships week. oh totally he just if I, that's why comics another thing they're just like not gonna be eager to be your friend right away you know because yeah. like if they don't fucking know you, they're not going to expect you to be there again. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I don't know. Like, you see people enough, you meet, you meet enough people, you support each other. I think, like, that's how everybody wins. Like, it's really... That's definitely how everyone wins. I mean, you people can win by fucking each other over, but you create a culture of just deceit and deception and greed, and I feel like that's L.A., mostly. Uh, I don't... Not saying that that's the case everywhere, but I'm saying, like, that has, like, a big stamping the hollywood you know mindset or not mindset but like in the hollywood uh you know just like the entertainment industry yeah so i just feel like i'd rather encourage others to do better and do better myself and just be a good person and help others get what they want and i think and in turn i'll get what i want eventually if i just put my heart in the right place and make the effort to help people I agree with you there, man. Yeah. I feel like that's a solid solid spot to stop the podcast. Yeah, I feel like that was pretty good, (laughs) if I do say so myself. What's been real, man? It's been uh, an hour and 50. This Millennial Meltdown uh, podcast. Millennial Meltdown podcast. Yeah, Yeah. man. The first one back with with an actual comic elements brought into it. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, man. First one in the new house. First one, uh, hopefully... Hopefully this month. Hopefully I do a handful more. I'd like to have more people on. I'd love to get... I've been talking to Dustin about him coming on. Mm-hmm. Dustin Cade. Yeah, Dustin's cool, man. Um, he's a, another person that I just met at an open mic. Tristan's cool, man. You should have Tristan come on here. Yeah, I'd like to get Tristan on. Um, I need to meet more people and just have more people on. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, dude. Honestly, it, it's uh, it's about... I don't know. Just about connecting with people and just letting things happen on their own i think i think like it's about having fun more than anything because if you're not having fun like why are you even doing this oh yeah man that's my favorite thing about hanging out at like open mics and shit like it's cool hanging out with people who are are like more similar to me and listen to podcasts and kind of like pay attention to like like-minded people is, is a great powerful thing man but also just people who are just there to just have fun and talk shit and like go off on tangents like 
you're gonna well, have some good conversation no matter what it's always a great experience yeah. like you're glad you did it because it's like what i rather i mean sitting at home fucking eating watching tv getting too high falling asleep like it's always a good hang yeah with the comics always a good hang yeah but um but yeah dude like I, I can't wait to do more of these hopefully in the future it's been awesome like kicking it and doing this even when you went to go t- get the pizza, I was, like, having a good time by myself. You'll have to go back yeah. and listen to that shit later. <laughs> I definitely will. I listen to all of them. I try to get better. I try to listen to them and, like, like fucking not say shit again or, like, not, <laughs> not repeat, like, the dumbass shit. Like right. Content. Saying um a thousand times. Um, um is, a, is, a, is a killer. I've got a lot better at that lately. But, yeah, just shit like that, dude. Yeah. Podcasting is a lot of fun. Definitely come back. Definitely fucking do some more. I have more mics, too. I have four mics, so okay, we could do some group podcast, too. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to hit it pretty hard next week with the mics. So. I've done a couple, like, just watching sports. Like, I did a yeah. podcast with my brother just watching, like, a football game. So That's yeah. sick, man. <laughs> yeah, so we could do whatever. That's cool, man. All right. Um, fucking going to go. <laughs> subscribe. Like and subscribe to all my shit. Millennial Meltdown. On uh, YouTube, fucking Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the good shit. Uh, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, Jeremy Cox. Uh, all right. Signing Anything up. you want to plug, sir? Uh, honestly, reality, a.k.a. life, is just what you make it. Just be <laughs> a good person, man, and don't be an asshole. Let people do what they want to do. If they're not hurting anybody, mind your business. And that's my my nugget of wisdom for the day. Signing off. This is Jules Alexander. It's been a pleasure. All right, dope. Peace. Peace.